Good morning, everybody. It's a blessing for me to come to you right here from Kalabu in our little house that we are building here that we will hopefully finish in this coming month. We're going to see how far we can get with this. We are planning to be in Zambia area even into January, maybe the end of January. That's the latest that we can be here with our vehicle. Then the vehicle has to cross the border and then we can come back the next day. But we'll see how long we're going to be here and we're going to just bring the gospel to this area. Talking about the kingdom of God, the message of the rule of life that has come to the earth. We need to understand that, the, that Christianity is not a self-help scheme or a method whereby we get people to live better. Christianity is about being infused with the life of God. That's what it's all about. It's not about behavior modification. It's about getting people to join into the love of God, the grace of God, and have the life of God. That's why it's impossible to do Christian work without the preaching of the gospel. That is absolutely impossible. Yesterday we've been at the district commissioner's office and we're talking about what we are doing in the area. We made our point very clear, and that is that we are here to preach the gospel. Yes, we will drill wells. Yes, we will do uh, some of those things. We will do some work in the community because, and that's just because of the love that there is in our hearts. But we are well aware that that is not going to bring a change in people's lives. True change. True change comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ believed and people's lives then born from that. It is being infused with the life of God. And that is what, uh, why we are here, to preach the gospel, to teach people the gospel. Other things we will also do, like we're definitely going to drill a well while we are here uh, at this time. We will help people with church roof. We will, ach, they will, we'll see what God does in us and through us. But then first objective is to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. And that is what I'm going to be sharing with you guys today. Now, before we get into the message, let us just pray together. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace. Thank you for your kindness and your goodness. Thank you that you care for us. Thank you that you help us to bring your gospel powerfully by infusing us with your life, by joining us with you. Thank you that you are continuing to work in the world and that we are simply the fruit of your work and that you continue to work in this world until we see the glory of God cover the face of the earth, wherein we will see the last day, the day of Jesus Christ, the full manifestation of your day, we will see even eternal life and immortality manifesting in the earth. And that all that is wicked shall be removed from the earth. Uh, all, all wickedness shall be removed from the earth. And your people shall see the fullness of life. Thank you, Lord, that we can live as your ambassadors. Thank you, Lord, that we can live as the preachers of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, that we can live as the body of Christ in this earth. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. One of the most beautiful things uh, about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ is this, is to know that it is not us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. That's why I want to say this to everybody that is out there. You don't ever have to feel guilty 
when you see someone else doing mission work. I've seen this many times as I've traveled through the world and I speak about mission work. The moment you talk about mission work, you talk about going out into Africa or rural areas or going to villages where the gospel has been very rarely preached and so forth, that people immediately uh, have a bit of a fear in their heart or guilt that comes to their heart. You don't have to feel guilty. Not all people uh, are called to do that kind of a thing. I mean, there are some people that are simply, you are there to be a good mother and a good father, teaching your children in the gospel of Jesus Christ. By that, I'm not uh, belittling the gifts of God and the calling or spreading of the gospel. The spreading of the gospel is a fruit of God's work in you. So I want to just start out by saying that, man, if we are out here in Zambia, uh, don't think, oh my goodness, you know, I feel so scared. Maybe I have to go to Zambia one day. All that you do is you continue in your relationship with God. Enjoy the message that I ministered to you today. And uh, yeah, just continue with the life that God has put in you. Whatever God wants for you, he will work in you. He will work it through you. He will bring life to you. Amen. Now, um, I want to just say this. You will hear some background music. You will hear everything. In Africa and living in an African town, you need to understand that there's a lot of noise. That's why we're definitely putting double glazing in here and all those kind of things uh, so that we will be able to make our recordings uh, peacefully. Well, anyway, uh, I want you just to know that the when it comes to the gospel, we don't work from guilt. We don't function from guilt. We don't function from obligation. We function from his life that is poured out in our hearts. Even when it comes to uh, contribution to ministry or all those kind of things, we don't function from any form of guilt. We function from a life that is born inside us. And this is what this is all about. So uh, with that said, let us get into the message that I have for you today. So today I'm going to look at uh, Mark chapter 1. And I've, spoke, I've spoken about this several times, but I want to just take it on a little bit further and talk about the kingdom of God that is manifesting in the earth. And I trust this message is going to bless you today. The kingdom of God manifesting into this earth is not a manifestation of changing the government. I want to tell you, when it comes to government, I'm not against government and so forth, but I need to tell you straight out. I've even said it in, um, in one of my daily devotionals. I don't put my trust in the government. I cannot put my trust in the banking systems of this world. Over thousands and thousands of years, we have seen the systems of, of this world that is standing on the foundation and the ability of man always fail or most of the time fail ter terribly and that there, it, we find the corruption that's in this world in it. And with that, we are not saying that we cannot make use of it. We're against government. We are anti-government or any of those kind of things. Thank God for the government. But we cannot say if God saves the government, then he has saved us. No, God has raised Christ from the dead. And since he's raised Jesus Christ from the dead and he is our Lord, we are already under the ju jurisdiction of God's government. Heaven's kingdom has now come to earth and that is the power we are under. And that is the peace that we live in. 
Glory to God. Amen. I mean, if I go to the, uh, if I get to the Zambian border and I'm going to cross the border there and I think of all the things they can ask you, all the questions they can ask, how difficult it can go on a border post, what do I do? I just put my confidence in Jesus Christ. That's all. And when I deal with the, with the, the people there, I don't deal with them from a, from a foundation of fear or from a foundation that that person is my enemy. I simply go there in the love and kindness and goodness of God. Some of the people there, they experience that love and they are happy and joyful and, and that is mostly our experience. And then obviously you'll get your one or two people there that don't have a good day. You know, but our confidence and our reliance is always in Jesus Christ. His kingdom cannot be destroyed. It is forever. And we are in that kingdom and part of that kingdom, not through our good works, not by what we do, but by what he has done for us. Okay, I'm reading from Mark chapter 1 and verse 14. It says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God proclaiming the good news of God. Now remember I spoke about this I think last Sunday we can talk about the good news of a new president for instance it would mean something to us but here's the good news of God. Hallelujah. So there's good news that God is now entering into the earth. His kingdom, his rule is entering into the earth. So the whole thing about God being a good God to Abraham and a good God to this one and that one is now getting out of the way and we find that this good person that we have met in the Old Testament that has blessed Israel, that has blessed Abraham, his rule and his kingdom, his whole condition of life is now coming to the earth. This is what this is all about. The good news of God. Jesus preached, and this is what he preached about the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So what is the good news? It's the good news of God's kingdom that has now come to the earth. Glory to God. And that kingdom is what we are standing under while we are still living in this world and this world system is simply not of God's kingdom. It goes on and it then talks about Jesus uh, calling his first disciples and he said to them, come and follow me. And they started to follow Jesus. And then we find in verse 21, and this is uh, very interesting. It says, then he went to Capernaum and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went to the synagogue and he began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in the synagogue who was possessed with an impure spirit cried out, What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said to him, Be quiet, come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a, with a screech. So he was making a noise that came out of the man. The people were all amazed and they asked each other, what is this? What new teaching and what with what authority? He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. The news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. So I hope you can see what is taking place here. Uh, Mark starts out and he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. The next thing he says is, Jesus called started to call disciples and then Jesus 
cast out an impure spirit, an unclean spirit. What this is talking about is, it was talking about the rule of what, I mean, this is what Mark's trying to communicate. There's, there was the rule of the devil. There was demons and Satan and the powers behind what is evil in the world. And Jesus came and he's got a higher authority than them. And he cast one of those spirits out. People were saying, what kind of a teaching is this? What does this mean? What it means is that the rule of heaven is now coming to earth. One might say, but there are still so many devils, you know, in people. And if you go out into one of these Africa villages or even in town here and you preach a message or you talk about the Holy Spirit or so, you'll find somebody manifest and they'll have to cast the devil out. Now, it doesn't mean that we're going to manifest the fullness of the kingdom of God in this earth by casting out all devils out of all people. No, we're still waiting for the day of the return of Jesus Christ. But we have believed we are under a different rule. Hallelujah. And that is beautiful. And the devil, and, uh, and, and I'm not a, a devil preacher, and you've, you've heard me say that, but I mean, here I'm just talking about what Mark is saying. We are under that rule of life. That is a kingdom where it's not by our works, where we have peace, not as the world gives, not as the world gives, but as God gives. As I say this, I remember years ago when Eliana and I lived in Bredasdor, uh, Man, our mattress was just, no, we, no, the mattress was not a mess. We moved into Pradastor and we did not bring our mattress. Isn't that not the case, Helena? Can you remember? We didn't even bring our mattress with, then we had to go and buy a mattress. Yes, we have two small mattresses. There. Oh yeah, and then we had two camping mattresses that we just put, to, to put next to each other on our bed and that's how we slept. And I tell you, uh, in the middle of the night, somehow, one of the two of us would fall in, <laughs> into that gap between the mattresses and uh, sleep on that wooden board. And that is not really comfortable. You don't have peace. And then one day, as I was walking, and I mean that day we were really also not financially, uh, we were in the, the challenging times. And I walked past a furniture store and I saw the furniture store there offering me peace. A nice double bed mattress there, offering me peace at, I don't know if it was 200 Rand a month or 300 Rand a month you know, uh, offering me some peace. And I mean, I was really considering that peace, you know, and all you have to do is you just pay the money and then you can have peace. Now, uh, I don't know how it worked out, but we got some money and I bought, bought the mattress cash and uh, we had our own mattress and we slept in peace. But you can see the kind of peace that the world offers. I'm just using a very simple example here is, and that peace is, if you pay every month, then you can have peace. But the first month you don't pay, you will not have peace. And that's how the work system works. Uh, as long as what you produce, as long as what you do good, then you can have peace with God. But our system doesn't work like that. The Christianity doesn't work like that. The kingdom of peace has come to us and we are offered peace, not as the world gives, but as God gives, where it's the, with the, Him infusing His life into us by loving us unto a brand new life. Glory to God. Where He gives us peace, where He gives us joy, where He just lives towards us in the fullness of who He is. Man, then it tells me I've only got four minutes left. You can go. I'll go on a little bit more. I said I want to make a bit shorter message, but I'm just feeling excited. So we'll, we'll go on a little bit more. 
Um, so uh, when we look at Mark here, we find that he casts out the devil. His kingdom is now in the earth. Then as Jesus was casting out these devils, now listen to this. This is a very important thing. Many people started to follow him. He would heal masses and they would start to follow him. And then they said to Jesus, and this is um, from verse 35. It says, very, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off into a lonely place where he prayed. Simon had and his companions went and looked for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Now that everyone is looking for you is a way wherein uh, Mark is communicating to us that they were thinking that he could be the Messiah. They need a leader that can make Israel free, a political leader. And then listen to what Jesus says. He says, let us go somewhere else to a nearby village so that I can preach there. This is what I, why I have come. He's come to preach to different villages. He's come to spread the message of God's kingdom that has come to the earth. He then goes on and heals a man of leprosy after that. And I mean, what he's saying here is he first cast out a devil, then he healed a fever, then he cast many devils out. And then what he did here was he's now coming and um, he is healing someone's flesh. To me, it is the gospel. The whole is like a summary of the gospel casting out the devil and then in the end in the resurrection of Jesus even healing our flesh we find Mark telling the gospel here and what the people wanted to do is they wanted to take Jesus and um, make out of him a political leader that can set them free but Jesus says no let's go to small villages because that's not how the kingdom of God works the kingdom of God is the rule of God in individuals hearts that's why we even out here in Zambia going to these little villages, going to people preaching the gospel, preaching on television everywhere. Why? Because we know the way change takes place is not by trying to change a law, although it will be good if there's good laws, but it is about God saving people, people receiving brand new life, people believing in the gospel of his love where we can have peace, not as the world gives, but as God gives. Glory to God. Now, um, Jesus, and I want to use this one, one part here in the end of Mark 1. He healed a paralyzed man. Also, excuse me, um, heals a man with leprosy. After healing the man with leprosy, he goes on, he says the following. Jesus said, um, sent him away with a strong warning. See that you don't tell anyone of this, but go and show yourself to the priests. Offer the sacrifice Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. So what is he saying? Jesus heals a person and then he tells, me, tells this guy, don't go and tell anybody. Why would Jesus do that? Because he knew if he goes and tells everybody, people will start to run towards him and they would want to make him a political messiah. That is what they wanted to do. And that would uh, take attention away from what is truly going on. It would actually emphasize the problem. The problem is that the Jewish people thought that the only way they could have peace is if they could have some political leader that can set them free. Which Jesus says, don't even spread the message about me as pertaining to uh, me as a person 
you know, that can do all these miracles. Just go and use this for yourself. Be set free because that's what it's about. The kingdom has now come close to that man that had the leprosy. Now, by that, I'm not saying we should not preach the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus is today that the, um, that the rule of life is coming to this earth. And that is what we are ministering. Now, you might say, Bertie, what does this amount to? What hope does that give me? This is the hope. So that if you see that things in your country is not going the way you think it should go, or if it's going backwards, or if you, if you see, man, if you look at the new legislation, if you think of the things that's going on, uh, things that we honestly cannot trust, believe in, which we say, this is not God's kingdom, this is not God's way. If it looks as if that is advancing, in the, uh, in the government, that we will not lose hope, that we would not think, oh my goodness, the kingdom of God is not advancing. No, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy is in, manifesting in our lives because of the Holy Spirit that lives in individuals' hearts. So we have believed upon him. His kingdom is already now working in us. And that is the joy we have. We preach that and share that and not just preach that. We live from that. Amen. So I want to say to you, we can never not be victorious. We can never not be victorious. No earthly judge can truly if he doesn't do what he's doing from the word of God or belief of God and, and the kingdom of God can give accurate judgment about any one of us. We are the people of God. We don't even judge ourselves. The only judgment over us is the judgment of God in Jesus Christ, which is that he judge us as righteous, his people qualified for his life, the people that will inherit his kingdom. And the final word of judgment about all of us is the resurrected Jesus Christ. Where we don't live in condemnation, where we don't live in guilt, but we live under the power of his rule, where we don't find any uh, confidence in the strength of our abilities, but we only find it in God. Hallelujah. Now, I want to quickly go to Romans chapter 5. And I'm going to read from verse 14. Romans chapter 5 and verse 14. An interesting thing. Uh, yesterday as we visited the district's commissioner's office here, we were talking about Christianity and we were talking about uh, import permits and uh, tax exemption for what we do and all those kind of things. Especially when we import things very expensive at the border. Uh, it's like 50% if you add everything together, which we paid when we got to the border now for the equipment that we brought in. So if we can have that, uh, that we don't have to pay, it just makes things much easier for us. Now, he, he said this, and this was very interesting. He said, we as the government cannot go without the church. And then he explained what he was saying. He says, we cannot go without the church because of this reason. He says, the church does not, and this was amazing what he said, and it seems to me that's how it works here because that's not surely not really true in, um, in South Africa, also not in other countries that I know of. 
He says the church doesn't bring tension between political parties. He says what the church does, and this is what we need as a government, is peace between political parties, and the church stands biased, doesn't doesn't stand uh, doesn't have a biased view, but they love all people and tell people not to hate one another and live in the love and the goodness of God because of Jesus Christ. This is what the district commissioner tells me, and that's why they welcome the church. That's why they welcome what we are doing here. Now, I do think that in great, uh, to a great extent, the churches in many countries in the world have missed the point there where we are of the kingdom of God. Yes, we can disagree with what this party does. We can disagree with what that one does. But we are here saying we are under the rule of life and we preach the message of no condemnation, a message where we are saved by the grace and the kindness of God, where we declare that, behold the Lamb of God, who's taken away the sin of the world, where we go and lay our hands on the sick and they recover, or where we support ministries like that, or where we raise our children in the goodness, the kindness, and the love of God. And we find this kingdom just growing and growing in the earth, which it is growing. Let no one tell you that Christianity is becoming smaller and uh, Islam is becoming bigger. No. The kingdom of Jesus is an ever-advancing kingdom. And even the people of the kingdom of God, like Elijah was when he was saying, I'm the only one. God said, I've reserved 7,000 others of which you do not know. So never think that we are part of something that is changing. If our cultures change, it doesn't mean the kingdom of God is changing. You are part of something that is eternal, that's full of love, that's full of kindness, where God looks at you favorably, where which cannot go backwards, which is always advancing, always increasing. The Bible says, of the increase of his government, there is no end. That means, of the increase of God's love and grace and peace towards you, of surety that you've got a sure future in Christ, there is nothing that can stop that. In order for that to stop, the Almighty God has to die, which is impossible. Jesus will have to cease to exist, which is impossible. So you can know that you can always come boldly before the throne of God's grace. You can always know that God will always look at you favorably. You can always know that God will always walk towards you, not, not with anger and resentment or any of those kind of things, but always in the love in the love that he has in his heart. Right, I want to read from Romans chapter 5 and verse, I think it was 16. Listen to the gift of God and the rulership of God in the earth. It says, Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. So the judgment that came after the one sin of Adam brought condemnation. So there was sin, and what followed the sin was judgment unto death. That's what condemnation means. But the gift follows many trespasses and brought justification. So as what judgment follows sin, so it says here, the gift follows the condemnation that came. But the gift follows many trespasses and brought justification. So the natural thing that happens when Adam disobeyed was that there would be condemnation. 
But now it says, the gift is not there to bring condemnation. The natural thing, as natural as what it would be, to disobey and receive the punishment or the reward of that. The next thing is, it's natural for the gift of God to follow all these trespasses and to bring justification, to bring freedom from the bondage that came into this world through Adam. It says, for if by the trespass of one man, Death reigned through that one man. So if we look at, at, at what's going on in the world, we can still find a certain form of the residues of the rulership of death. It reigned through one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So church, I want to say to you that there is not a place where the work that Satan did in Adam has gone, where the grace of God cannot reach. It says those who have now received this, how much more will they not reign in life through Jesus Christ? So we are the place where we are under the rule of his life even if we are in a world where we still see certain things not taking place the way it's supposed to take place. goes on. And I'm going to change some of the words to explain the context of this verse. For those of you who hear this, I've never read it this way, but it's going to truly bless you. Amen. It says this, Consequently, um, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people. What Paul is getting at here is, consequently, just as one trespass resulted in the condemnation of both Jew and Gentile, so also one righteous act results in justification of life for both Jew and Gentile. For just as through the disobedience of one man, both Jew and Gentile were made sinners, so, through the obedience of one man, both Jew and Gentile will be made righteous, and the context is, as they believe upon the Lord. The law, brought in, um, the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. What he basically said there, if you study out the context, the law was brought in so that even the Jews might know that they are as much sinners as what the Gentiles are. Why? so that grace can also increase to the Jewish people. They will say, we will not be saved by the law, but we will be saved by grace and grace alone. That is what they are saying. So that grace might reign through the righteous act of Jesus and bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to all of us. Isn't that amazing? We are not under the death sentence of this world, church. We are not under the death sentence that we might see that comes, this, comes our way. I mean, I've spoken to missionaries on the way here, and um, the lady said to us, you know, when, you, when you're a missionary and you've got the labeling on the car, people that are missionaries come up to you and they, they just want to talk. You know, because there are not many, I mean, there are many missionaries out there, but especially in remote areas, there are very few. And she came and she spoke to us and she said how difficult it is these days for missionaries to get into African countries. 
how you cannot go and be a missionary in a lot of countries, and Zambi is luckily not one of them, without investing like two million into the country, two million rand. That's now about, uh, what's it, $150,000, somewhere there, $160,000 American dollars. You first have to make that investment, run a business, and then from there, benefit, benefit the country in helping people, and then you can preach to your workers. Where it used to be, you can come in as a missionary and spread the gospel. That is becoming less and less. But I want to say this, doesn't matter if we look at what's happening in Africa, when we look at what's happening in, and how easy it was to spread the gospel and how it beca slowly becomes more difficult to spread the gospel. That's no indication of the reach of God's kingdom and the manifestation of his grace. The Bible says here, wherever sin and death could reach, the natural thing is that wherever sin and, and, and death reached, grace is gifted towards it. And there's a gift of righteousness given towards both Jew and Gentile and every person. And those who grab a hold of it shall reign in life. So if you see things change, if you say, oh my goodness, the world is truly in certain a certain area becoming worse, which, I mean, I can agree with if you look at what's happening. That is not the final word. We not, that is not an indication. That is an indication of what's happening to worldly people and is an indication of a biased news. It's an indication of not bringing... Um, do you think that the news media is going to tell people on how, how good God is and Jesus Christ? And our righteousness is a free gift. It's not. So why will we use that to be in the, give us any, any indication of who we are and how the kingdom of God is advanced? So keep hope, church. The kingdom of God is advancing. I mean, as I, um, I, I'm not saying one should not be informed in any form. We can. I mean, we know and we can truly say and see what is going on. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not standing here as a person that's got no uh, knowledge of what's going on in the world. But I do know that I can encourage the church and say, that's no indication of the truth of what's going on in the kingdom of God. We are under a rule of life, a rule where we come boldly to our Father, where we like children ran in, runs into His arms, where He embraces us. I get that feeling of the father being at a place where he was uh, waiting for the prodigal and the prodigal coming, running, or, or the father runs to the prodigal, hugs him, and there's a place of safety. That place of safety definitely had to be in a country which was also under the rule of some king or something. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? So, I want to end off this message with this. Let us just read Romans 5 here again. It says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in the condemnation of all people, so also one righteous act results in the justification of life for all people. For both Jew and Gentile. For just as through the disobedience of one man, both Jew and Gentile are declared sinners, so through the obedience of one man shall both Jew and Gentile be made righteous. 
The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I want to tell you, grace reigns through righteousness. Grace reigns through righteousness. Amen. What reigns? Grace. I'm so glad that we can say it's not the law that reigns. Grace reigns. So what rules your life? The grace of God. The grace of God is what rules our lives. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I trust this has uh, blessed you. It's beautiful for me to know that we can preach via YouTube here. People can hear this everywhere. We are part of an ever-advancing kingdom. We use our wisdom. Jesus himself, there was a time when uh, Joseph fled you know, to Egypt because they wanted to kill the son. So obviously the, uh, we find that uh, the angel gave him news on what is going on and uh, he fled. So we use our wisdom in that. But the heart that we live from is we are going to every area of the world and we know the rule of his grace. We're not ruled by condemnation. We're not ruled by guilt. We're not ruled by fear. We are ruled by the grace of God. Grace is not a consciousness of sin, but a consciousness of his work in us, wherein, whereby he brings his, his life to us, to every part of us. Glory to God. Thank you so much that I could serve you with this message. I'll keep you guys updated uh, on what we do here in Zambia. I, don't, I will not put everything we are doing, a lot of what we are doing uh, on Facebook. I do have a group that you can be part of. If you want to know what we are doing, you want to be part of that group, uh, we update very regularly, basically daily, a short little video or just some photos on what we are doing out here in Zambia. If you want to be part of that, just go to uh, info at dynamicministries.com and ask us to add you to the group and uh, we will do so. So uh, you'll have to give your telephone number because it goes via Telegram or WhatsApp. That's how we do that. So thank you very much that I could serve you with this good news. Let me pray for you. Father, I want to thank you that I can stretch forth my hands to people that are watching right now. Thank you that you bless them. Thank you for your healing power, the power of the Holy Spirit that just works in them in a very powerful way. Thank you, Lord, that you bring peace and joy and kindness to them through your rule of grace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. And then we will chat again in this week. God bless.